welcome to Myth in the Mojave, 30 minutes of storytelling and conversation about mythology and why it's important to our lives today. I'm your personal mythologist, Catherine Savela. Wherever you may be in this wide, beautiful, crazy world of ours, you are part of this story circle. There are some questions that live at the heart of every human life. Some questions that open up in front of us at some point begging to be answered. And one of those is, what am I here for? What's my purpose? Purpose is essential to us. We need to know that our lives matter. We want to have a sense of direction. And purpose contains our longing, a longing that I think we come in with to fulfill the potential or the promise that's inherent in who we are and the mere fact of our existence. I started thinking about this recently because I was on a webinar with Maladoma Somme, and he was talking about purpose and the rituals involved in his community in Africa. And he describes a really beautiful process of elders in the community sitting with a pregnant woman and um, the intuition of the nature of the child who was on the way. And this is followed by naming rituals and songs and The upshot of it is that he described a community that from the very beginning understood that each of us has a purpose and did everything that it could to define and support the realization of that from the moment that the child arrived. Clearly, we don't have rituals like that in most of our communities, And I was reminded as I was listening to him of the many conversations that I have been in where we have talked about the lack of ritual context, and in particular, the lack of initiation of young people, how so many of us end up kind of floating around in the cosmos, you know, trying to figure out which way to go and why we're here, what we have to offer. In the questions that people asked Somay, I, I could feel the longing, and I also felt the fear that we're screwed, that if you haven't come in with that kind of support from the community, if someone didn't give you a name that points you in the direction of your purpose, that basically you're screwed. Ritual does unite the whole person with with the energies of life and the mysteries of the unknown. Ritual, part of what Jung called the symbolic life, brings mind and heart and body and soul into that imaginative space where we perceive all of what's real, reality that's unseen as well as that that is And yet it's important not to confuse 
the tools and practices, the means that we have developed to bring us in contact with truths about the world and our lives, to reveal insights with the insight itself. Life's not something that we do, that we learn how to execute mechanically in the correct way. It's an adventure to be lived. And staying in touch with that requires a lot of trust, a lot of trust in life itself, that life will show us why we are here. And this is why all the looking inside often doesn't result in a satisfactory answer. Your purpose is unique to you. It is something that will show up for you. And yet it is by responding, responding to life and responding to the outside world that you will discover it. So the story that I want to tell you today is a reflection on this theme and this notion of purpose and how we find it. The story has been attributed to Native American people of the Plains. It's a story that's told in many cultures, though, and I found it in a collection edited by Christina Feldman and Jack Cornfield called Stories of the Spirit, Stories of the Heart. So I invite you to relax and sit back and listen and let the story move you. Notice the details that speak to you. They're clues for you to investigate about where this question of purpose might be living in your life right now. The story of Jumping Mouse. Once there was a little mouse. He was very, very busy all the time as mice are, busy searching for seeds, eating, storing them, hoarding them, sniffing around and touching things with his whiskers. But every now and again, in the middle of his daily busyness, he thought that he heard a sound, a strange sound in his ears. One day, he stopped what he was doing and went over to one of his fellow mice and said, Brother, tell me, do you do you hear that roaring? Well, the other mouse didn't even stop what he was doing. He didn't even look up. He just said, no, no, I, I, I don't hear anything. And uh, I have a lot to do here. So if you don't mind, why don't you come back and talk to me later? Well, the mouse went over to another one of his fellows and asked him the same question. And this mouse glanced up and gave him a funny look and said, are you foolish in your head? There's, there's no sound. I don't hear any sound. And he slipped into a hole then in a fallen cottonwood tree and was gone. The little mouse shrugged his whiskers and busied himself again, just decided to forget the whole matter. But there was that roaring again. It was a faint sound, a very faint sound, but he was sure that it was there. One day, he decided that he had to investigate this sound just a little. So he slipped away from the other busy mice and scurried off a little way and listened again. And there it was. There was the sound. 
He was listening very hard when suddenly someone said, Hello, little brother. The mouse almost jumped right out of his skin. He arched his tail and looked around, wondering which direction he should run, when the voice said again, Hello, hello, it is I, Brother Raccoon. Well, what are you doing here all by yourself? asked the raccoon. The mouse shuffled his feet and put his nose down to the ground and said, kind of embarrassed, well, I hear a, I hear a roaring in my ears and I'm investigating it. A roaring in your ears, said the raccoon. What you hear, little brother, is the river. The river? The mouse asked. What, what's a river? Walk with me and I'll show you the river, raccoon said. The little mouse was terribly afraid. He had not ever strayed off in this direction before, but he wanted to just dispense with this question of the roaring once and for all. I can come back to my work, he thought to himself, after this thing is settled, and it might even help me. It might help me with all of my busy examining and sorting and collecting. And all of my brothers, after all, said it was nothing, but this raccoon seems to know something, and I'll, I'll go with him, and then I'll have proof. I'll have proof that I'm not walking around with a loose screw in my head. All right, raccoon, my brother, said Little Mouse. Let's go to the river. Little Mouse walked with raccoon. His heart was beating very hard all the way because they were walking down strange paths and Little Mouse smelled the scent of many other things that had gone this direction. He almost stopped and turned back. But finally, they came to the river. It was huge and breathtakingly beautiful. Deep and clear in some places, murky and swirly in others. Little Mouse could not see across it. It was so wide. And it roared. It roared and sang and cried and thundered along on its rocky course. Little Mouse saw that it carried big and little pieces of the world along on its surface. And he knew This was the sound. It's powerful, Little Mouse said, fumbling around for the right words. It is a great thing, answered the raccoon. But now I must go off and and wash my food. So let let me introduce you to a friend of mine here. He took Little Mouse off to a smooth, shallow place where there was a lily pad. The lily pad was bright and green against the shimmering surface of the water, and right in the middle of the pad there was a frog, almost as green as the pad that it was sitting on. Hello, little brother, said the frog. Welcome to the river. The little mouse came up closer to the water. Aren't you afraid of being far out in the great river? No, I'm not afraid. I have been given the gift of living both above and within the river. When the winter comes and freezes the water, I can't be seen. I go underneath. But while it's warm and sunny on a day like today, 
I'm here. If you want to visit me, you have to come when the world is green. That, that's, that's amazing, little mouse said at last, fumbling around again for words. Would you like to try a special kind of power? The frog asked. Special power? Me? Said little mouse. Yes, yes, if that's, if that's possible. Then crouch down as low as you can, said the frog, and jump up as high as you are able. As high as you are able. Little mouse did as the frog instructed. He crouched down low and he jumped. And when he did, he caught a glimpse of the sacred mountains, great mountains looming in the distance. He could hardly believe his eyes that they were there, but of course he quickly fell back down to earth. And when he did, he landed in the river. Little Mouse got very frightened and he scrambled back up onto the bank and he was wet and he was terrified, nearly to death. You tricked me, Little Mouse screamed at the frog. Now wait a minute, said Frog. You're not harmed. You're not harmed. Don't let your fear and anger blind you. Did you see anything? What did you see? I, 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 I saw the sacred mountains, stammered Mouse. And you have a new name, Frog said. It's Jumping Mouse. Thank you. Thank you, Jumping Mouse said. I want to return to my people and tell them of this thing that has happened to me. Okay, well, go, go then, Frog said. Go back to your people. It's easy to find them. Keep the sound of the river to the back of your head. Go away from the sound and you will find your brother mice. Jumping Mouse kept the sound of the river behind him, and he found his way back to his community of mice. He was very excited by everything that had happened, by the river, by the frog, by the raccoon, and the glimpse of the mountains. But when he got back, he found that no one would listen to him. He'd forgotten about the fact that he was wet, which was not a usual state for a mouse. And because he was wet, and he had no way of explaining this to them because there had been no rain, the other mice were afraid of him. They had no idea about a river, and all they could figure was that he had been spit out of the mouth of another animal that tried to eat him, and if he wasn't food for that animal, then he must be poison. And if he was poison for that other animal, then he was probably poison for them. And so not only did they not listen, but they gave him a very wide berth. And now Jumping Mouse lived for a time among his people, but he was lonely and he couldn't forget his vision of the sacred mountains. The memory burned in his mind and his heart filled with a longing. One day, he screwed up his courage and he went to the edge of the place where the mice lived. He could hear the sound of the river. He went to the river and stood on the edge and looked up. The sky was full of, of spots circling and swirling and he knew that each one of those Spots was an eagle, but he was determined 
to go to the sacred mountains. He gathered up all of his courage and he ran as fast as he could out onto the prairie. His heart pounded with excitement and with fear. He ran and ran until he came to a clump of sage. He was resting there in the cover of the leaves, trying to catch his breath when he saw an old mouse. Jumping Mouse looked around and saw that there were lots of seeds and nesting material. There were many, many things for a mouse to be quite busy with. Old Mouse saw him and said, Hello, welcome. Jumping Mouse was amazed. Such a place and such a mouse. You're truly a great mouse, Jumping Mouse said, with all of the respect that he could find. And this is truly a wonderful place. The eagles can't see you here either. Yes, that's right, said Old Mouse. And you can see all of the beings of the prairie from here. The buffalo, the antelope, the rabbit, the coyote. You can see them all from here and know their names. That's marvelous, Jumping Mouse said. Can you also see the river and the sacred mountains? Hmm. Yes and no. Old Mouse said, I know that there is a great river, but I'm afraid to tell you that the great mountains, well, that is only a myth. Forget your passion about going and finding them. They're not there. Why don't you just stay here with me? This is everything that you want, and it is, as you've already noticed, a very good place to be. How can he say such a thing? thought Jumping Mouse. That sacred mountains, that glimpse of the sacred mountains, that's, that's not something that anyone can forget. Well, thank you very much for the meal that you shared with me, old mouse, and also for offering to share your great home, Jumping Mouse said. But I have to go and seek the mountains. You're a foolish mouse to leave here said Old Mouse. There's danger on the prairie. Look up there. You see all of those spots? Those are eagles, and they will catch you out in the open. It was very hard for Jumping Mouse to leave, but he gathered up his determination, and he ran really hard again. The ground was rough, and he arched his tail, and he ran with all of his might, and he could feel the shadows of those spots on his back as he ran. And then, whew, he reached a stand of choke cherries. Jumping Mouse could hardly believe his eyes. It was cool and spacious under all of these berry bushes. There was water, there were cherries, seeds to eat, grasses to gather for nests, holes to be explored. There were many, many things for a busy mouse to do. There were many things for a busy mouse to do, and there were a great many things to gather. Jumping Mouse was investigating his new domain when he heard the sound of very heavy breathing. It was coming from a huge mound of hair and black horns. It was a buffalo. Jumping Mouse had never seen a buffalo before, not up close, and he could hardly believe the greatness of this being.
lying there before him. He was so large that Jumping Mouse could have crawled into just one of his huge horns. Such a magnificent being, thought Jumping Mouse, and he crept a little bit closer. The buffalo said, Hello, my brother. Thank you for visiting me. Well, hello, great being, said Jumping Mouse. Why are you, why are, why are you lying here? I'm sick, the buffalo said. I'm sick and I'm dying. Only the eye of a mouse can heal me, but little brother, everyone knows there's no such thing as a mouse. Jumping Mouse was shocked. One of my eyes, he thought. One of my teeny tiny eyes. And he scurried back into the clump of choke cherries. And he heard the breathing of the buffalo become harder and slower. He will die, thought Jumping Mouse. If I don't give him my eye, he will die. And he is too great of a being to let die. He went back out to where the buffalo lay and said, I, uh, uh, I'm, I am a mouse. I am a mouse. And you, my brother, are a great being. I can't let you die. I have two eyes, so you may have one of them. The minute that he said it, Jumping Mouse's eye flew out of his head, and the buffalo was made whole. The buffalo jumped to his feet, trampling and shaking the earth. Jumping Mouse held on. Thank you, my little brother, said the buffalo. I know of your quest for the sacred mountain. You have given me life so that I may give away to the people, and I will be your brother forever. Run under my belly, and I will take you right to the foot of the sacred mountains. The spots, the eagles can't see you while you run under me. All they'll see is the back of a buffalo. I am of the prairie, so I will have to leave you at the foot of the mountains. Jumping Mouse ran underneath the buffalo, where he was secure and hidden from the spots. But with only one eye, it was a very frightening journey. And the buffalo's great hooves shook the whole world every time he took a step. Jumping Mouse was afraid that he would be trampled. And finally, they came to the place, and Buffalo stopped. This is where I have to leave you, little brother, said the buffalo. Thank you, said Jumping Mouse. Thank you. It was very frightening running under you with only one eye. Mm, Your fear was for nothing, said Buffalo. I know where my hooves fall. Now I have to go back to the prairie. You can always find me there, brother. Jumping Mouse immediately began to investigate his new surroundings. There were even more things here than in the other places. Busier things, an abundance of seeds and other things that mice like. While he was looking around at all of these things, he suddenly came upon a gray wolf who was sitting there blankly doing absolutely nothing. Hello, Brother Wolf, Jumping Mouse said. The wolf's ears pricked up and became alert, and his eyes shone. 
Wolf, he said, wolf. Yes, that's what I am. I am a wolf. But then the light went out of his eyes. And it wasn't long before he just sat there quietly, completely without memory. Every time that Jumping Mouse said, Wolf, Brother Wolf, he got excited about the news. But then he would forget again. Such a great being, thought Jumping Mouse sadly. A great being, but he has no memory. Jumping Mouse went to the center of his new place this new place of abundance and busyness, and he was quiet. He listened for a long time to the beating of his heart, and then he made up his mind. So he went back to Brother Wolf. Brother Wolf, he said. Wolf, wolf, said the wolf. Brother Wolf, said Jumping Mouse, listen to me. I know what will heal you. It's one of my eyes, and I want to give it to you. You're a greater being than I. I am only a mouse. Please take it. And again, as soon as he said these words, his eye flew out of his head, and the wolf was made whole. Tears of gratitude rolled down the cheeks of wolf. But his little brother, Jumping Mouse, couldn't see them, for now Jumping Mouse was blind. You are a great brother, said the wolf, for now I have my memory. I know who I am. I am the guide into the sacred mountains, and I will take you there. There's a a great medicine lake, the most beautiful lake in the world. All of the world is reflected there. All of the people, all of the beings of the prairies and the skies. Please take me there, Jumping Mouse said. Brother Wolf guided the blind mouse through the pines to the lake. He brought him up to the edge, and Jumping Mouse drank water from the lake. The wolf sat beside him and described the beauty that was all around. I have to leave you here, said Wolf. I have to return so that I can guide others. But I'll stay here as long as you like. Oh, thank you, said Jumping Mouse. But even though I am really afraid to be alone, I know that you have to go and do your job. Jumping Mouse sat there, trembling with fear. There was no use in running. He was blind, and he knew that it wouldn't be long before an eagle would find him, and he did feel a shadow on his back. And then he heard the sound that eagles make. He braced himself for the shock, and the eagle hit. Jumping Mouse went to sleep, and then he woke up. The surprise of being alive was great. But now he could see. Everything was blurry, but the colors around him were beautiful. A blurry shape came towards him, and Jumping Mouse squinted hard, but the shape remained a blur. Hello, brother, a voice said. Do you want some medicine? Some medicine for me? asked Jumping Mouse. Yes. Then crouch down as low as you can, the voice said and jump as high as you can. Jumping Mouse did as he was instructed. He crouched as low as he could, and he jumped. And when he jumped, the wind caught him and carried him higher. Don't be afraid, the voice called after him. Hang on to the wind and trust. Jumping Mouse did. 
He closed his eyes and hung on to the wind, and it carried him higher and higher. And when Jumping Mouse opened his eyes, they were clear. And the higher he went, the clearer they became. Jumping Mouse looked down, and he saw his old friend Frog upon a lily pad on the beautiful Medicine Lake. You have a new name, called the frog. You are Eagle. You are Eagle from a little tiny mouse to the great and glorious Eagle. You know, one of the things about mice is that they can only see up close. And the story tells us this, even if we don't know this about mice. We hear that they see the eagles as spots. And you caught the little bit about the river and the sound. You know, that when he has the sound, he has something to navigate by because otherwise he wouldn't be able to see to make that long of a journey. He can't see that far enough ahead. And then he becomes an eagle, the far-seeing, the creature that exemplifies in cultures around the world vision, far sight. At the beginning of this podcast, I was talking about ritual and community, and those are very important, and yet they are not always things that we have. The conversation between the individual and the collective is ongoing. Stories about lack of support, like this one, are not new, regardless of where we start in our quest for purpose. Its completion depends on us. It depends on our own courage. It depends on our own capacity to trust life. And it is through courage and trust that the vision that we are gifted with becomes our own. I love the metaphor of vision that weaves through this story. Jumping Mouse willingly gives up his eyes, his capacity for sight, his literal vision, in service to others. And in exchange, he receives true vision, the true vision offered by those sacred mountains. This is a vision of world and self, of one's true nature and purpose. That's it for me, Catherine Savela and Myth in the Mojave for this week. Please contact me if you have questions or comments about today's program. And if you find something of value in Myth in the Mojave, I hope you will join the Myth in the Mojave community on Bandcamp. For only $5 a month, you have access to all of these programs, and you will play an essential role in helping me make future programs possible. Thank you so much for listening. Please tune in next time. And until then, happy myth-making and keep the mystery in your life alive.